Bonjour et bienvenue, and welcome to day eight of Roland Garros. Let's get this party started. You are listening to the Lucky Lead Court Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Otto. This is a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. I'm sitting high atop the rafters on Sunday morning. Just about an hour till first ball. It's going to be an exciting day eight. We are into the round of 16, a.k.a. week two at Roland Garros. Several marquee matchups on tap for the men and the women. Let's take a quick peek at the order of play before we get in some player press snippets and a special guest interview. The order of play starts as follows. On court, Philippe Chatrier, we got Kaya Kanepi and Petra Martic, two exciting players looking to move deeper into this wide-open section of the bottom half of the draw. That'll be followed by Leonardo Meyer and a guy by the name of Federer. Roger Federer takes on Leonardo Meyer. And then we'll get Rafael Nadal, the king of clay, back in action. He dropped a set in his third-round matchup with David Goffin. He'll be playing Juan Ignacio Landero, a player from Argentina that had never won a main draw match at a Grand Slam prior to this tournament. The last match on court, Philippe Chatrier is a marquee matchup between last year's runner-up Sloan Stevens and 2016 champion Garbinia Muguruza. That one should be amazing. Over on court, Suzanne Longland, we've got 19-year-old Marketa Vondrusova, who is one of three WTA teenagers into the round of 16. It's the first time we've seen that happen at a Grand Slam in 10 years. She'll be playing the Latvian Anastasia Sevastova, a player that we'll be hearing from a little bit later. She won a dramatic third crown match that is probably the match of the tournament as it stands right now. Three hours and 18 minutes, five match points saved. An incredible win for the Latvian. Up next on Longland will be Donna Vekic and Johanna Kanta in an unlikely matchup of two players who had not had a lot of success at Roland Garros. In fact, Conte was 0-4 at this tournament prior to this year. Vekic was 3-6. Neither player known for their work on the clay thus far in their careers, but they're making good runs here in Paris, and it's exciting to see. After that, we'll get the man they call Steph. Stefanos Tsitsipas will play Stan Wawrinka in an exciting battle, a first-time meeting between two players with absolutely gorgeous one-handers, two talented players, two different generations. That is going to be a match to watch on Longland. And the last match, the last singles match on courts on Longland will be Kaini Shikori and Benoit Pair. So an absolutely stacked lineup today. We we can't wait to take it all in and we can't wait to share it with you guys and now that we've got that order of play out of the way as i said uh, we've got about an hour or more until first ball got some time to dip into some player press snippets we were pleased to speak with one of the three teenagers into this week two on the wta side of the draw and we're talking about Poland's Iga Swiatek. We got to know her a little bit last year when we watched her take the Wimbledon girls singles title. But wow, we didn't expect that she'd come along this fast at the pro level. She has been amazing here at Roland Garros. Had a good season that started with a first win at a major at the Australian Open. But here at Roland Garros, she is into the second week. And I asked her if she was surprised by her form. Um, well, I didn't know what's going to happen. And... Uh... I, I felt confident in juniors, but um, I only played ITFs in a pro path, so um, I didn't know if it's gonna be, if I'm gonna go there fast, so I'll need some time, but I'm really happy that everything's working out. And uh, yeah, obviously when I was playing here last year, juniors, I didn't know that uh, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, play in main draw, and uh, 
being third round, so it's it's amazing, and I'm really happy. Now, I was fascinated to know how she felt about the rapid manner in which she has made her transition from juniors to seniors. It's not always a an easy transition to make. We see many players that have success in the juniors that don't ever make it on the pro tour, but it looks like Swiatek is a ringer. Here's what she had to say about making that transition to the pro game. Um, I don't know if it's about game, maybe more about the, the confidence or the peace of mind sometimes and being able to focus and just, um, I think going from juniors to senior, I guess I wasn't that stressed. I just felt that I knew here I don't have to win anything. So that's why I, I could play my best. And it just, it was quite like normal to me just to go to another level. I've done that all my life. So why would that be different? Now we talked about it earlier, the match of the tournament on the women's side. Well, there have been a lot of great ones, to be fair, but Anastasia Sevastova's five-match point-saving epic out on court, Suzanne Longwin on day six, has to be number one, at least for now. And we were fortunate enough to speak with her about that amazing performance. Asked her what it was that made the difference for her in that difficult match with Elise Merck. I wonder if, if you could um, sum it up. One thing that made the difference that put you over the top in this match, what would you say it was? I think this uh, aggressive play probably it paid off and yeah, staying just tough. It's not easy when you're always like 4-5 down, 5-6 down. It can go either way in the end. Uh, we both didn't deserve to lose, I think. And yeah, you saw some lines and I mean, in the end you think, yeah, was she a worse, worse player? No. Yeah, it's it just a millimeter. It doesn't make you better or worse player. Yeah. At the end, it's a bit of luck, uh, a bit of, yeah, it paid off. Maybe next match it doesn't pay off, yeah. but you have to go and went, went for it. All right, we've got a special interview coming up with a former world number 29, a player who made eight main draw appearances at Roland Garros. Her name is Sarah Pitkowski. She was kind enough to chat with us a little bit about the French experience here at Roland Garros. How much pressure did she face when she was one of the top players for her country coming to Roland Garros and playing in this massively important tournament? What was it like to face Serena Williams at Roland Garros? What is the shape of the new Roland Garros and what does the future have in store at this beautiful tournament. We chatted about Gael Monfils, of course, and what it was like to face players like Martina Hingis, Amelie Moresmo, and Stephanie Graf. Uh, just an absolute pleasure to speak with Sarah Pitkowski, who now commentates for RMC Network in France. And let's get straight into that interview and hear what she has to say. All right, the Lucky Letcourt podcast is proud to have Sarah Pitkowski aboard today, and she's going to tell us a little bit about the French experience at Roland Garros. She's a former world number 29, made eight main draw appearances here at Roland Garros, and she's kind enough to join us today. You're working for uh, RMC Sports as well. That, mm -hmm. that, that's your gig at the, at the moment. So how are you doing, Sarah? Nice to speak with you. Pretty well. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> except uh, for the fact that Caroline Garcia just <laughs> fell out of the draw, and there's no more women left in, for, yeah. for, for, for France. Yes, the, the last um, uh, the last time when we didn't have a, a French girl on the third round was 33 years ago. Oh man! So it's it's a shame, but it's the um, 
um, it's the the news that we know because we have a big trouble with the, the younger player. So we knew that we are we are a whole of generation between Mladenovic, Garcia, and the younger. So we know that we have trouble in France. Anyway, when you you do the constat, you need like a minimum of 10 years to build a new top player. Right. So the Fed French Federation changing a lot of things, but we need time to get the next generation going through the, the, the Grand Slam and, and, and be like players seated in, in Roland Garros, for example. Right. And but that's, that's really a shame that she lost today. It's tough. And, and let's start with that. And then we'll circle back. We'll talk about your career and some mm -mm. of the amazing experiences you've had at Roland Garros. But, but um, Kiki Muldenovic, Caroline Garcia, these are two incredible talents. These are two players that mm -hmm. three, four, five years ago, I was thinking maybe this is the next French champion at Roland Garros. What has gone wrong? And what? And by the way, they're still very young and still potentially could have a bright future. What is your take on these um, two? They have uh, some strength, and that's their um, each of uh, each of us. Um, if each of her, that's a family, because. Um, the family is really present in, in their career, but what's missing, they don't, they don't have a technical coach to aid them to improve their tennis. So they're bidding well, they have a lot of talent, but you need to think, you need to be clever on a court. You need to build your point. And you know, the, 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 the thing today that Caroline, she's coaching by her dad, She's not a tennis player. She know he, he know perfectly is is um, um, is um, not um, a daughter, of course. Yes. But one time when 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 she she she, she need to improve, she need to use all the strength that she has to play better, to be more clever. And, but they eat. He or they, I don't know, but they don't want to have any help of a technical... No outside interference. Yeah. Right? I think the, he's, the, the father um, is pretty afraid to lose something, to lose a kind of power on, on, on her yeah. daughter. We have this kind of trouble in France. Mm -hmm. We have many examples. Marion Bartoli, that was a dad. Aravan Rezai, that was a dad, but yeah. that was awful life. And the first one was Mary Pierce. Right. You know, so so in France, we we think that the only way to get um, to have a top player in the woman that have to be a family concept. But you know what? At my time when I was playing, so it was in the 2000s. Yeah, we were ten French player in the top 100, and we were eight player in the top 30. You guys so were stacked. I mean, <laughs> and you know what? How we were playing, we had one coach for three players. And, really? and so there was a, a group, so there was emulation between the group. We were fighting each other to be the better. Yeah. You know what? So, and from Kristina Mlanenovic, she, she just took a new coach, that's the coach of um, Naomi Osaka. Sasha Bayen. But she, she was alone for, I don't know, four years? Four years? She, she's Very alone. long time. No, but that, that's totally crazy. And when you <laughs> see her playing, I mean, she's tall, uh, she's 180, but she's not serving pretty well. That's, that's just incredible. That's, it's, it's a shame as well to not use all the, the qualities that she can to play better, you know. Yeah. And that's another story with the family. Her um, mother was a, a volleyball player, right. and her dad was an um, handball uh, player, uh, very uh, handball. international handball player, so they know the sports. 
they yeah. know the eye level yeah. but they are not technical yeah and you need that you know what the the, the woman tour you don't have so much player who's play who playing clever on the court you have naomi osaka you know how she playing you know you have simona alep that's a difference between the top five and the rest of the player yeah. on the tour yeah yeah power concentration um yeah, I, I think you make some, some real good points there. Nevertheless, uh, Kiki, it's kind of good news that she's got Sasha in there. Yes. That, that, that shows that maybe her family is at least open to it. And I mean, can't expect results to come so quickly. So let's give that one some time. Mm -hmm. She's a former top 10 player. I mean, I don't know what she's ranked now, but she should be higher. She, she, yeah, she, she, she's, um, she's like uh, 60. Yeah, it's a and shame. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. I mean, and she won like... During one year, she didn't win. She didn't win two two matches in a row in a tournament. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, you know. It's true. How about this Dionne Parry? Um, tell me a little bit about her because uh, she made some waves as a 16-year-old mm -hmm. winning winning a match here. Do you think she's got some potential? Um, um, I don't. I don't know really. I just saw her here in her tennis. She's a left uh, one left-hander, mm -hmm. and um, she's um, she's very talented, and um, but talented it's it's the minimum, you know. After that, you don't know how she's going growing up. That's very uh, true. And and the difference, the difference between um, a good player and a top player. That's when you feel that you have to 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 move in a different level. That's the choice that you're doing in your life. The choice is very important. If you don't do the right choice, for example, what kind of tournament you have to do, which um, surface that you have to, to, to choose in your calendar, what kind of people you have to, 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 to get in your staff, right. that that's can make the difference between a player like top 100 and a player in the top 20. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in France, the trouble that we love, we love to be comfortable, you know. It's, it's, it's a nice life to live in France. It's a nice life. We have everything. We don't miss anything. And the trouble, if you want to fight on the court, you need to, have, you, you need to be angry of something. So that's why the choices are different. Just travel. Go practice outside. Move, move um, away. Move to Spain. Move to Spain. <laughs> move to the state. Move somewhere, you know, yeah. to have the different advice of different tennis cultures. And in France, we think that we are the best. You know, we have the, the best tennis player. We have the best coaches. But when you see that and when you compare and when you're fighting on the court, you see that you have player in front of you are better than you. And that's the trouble. It's a hard realization, right? Let's, let's talk a little bit about your experience at Roland Garros. Eight main draws. I think the last time you played here, you went three sets with Serena Williams. Yeah. Is that, is that not, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean um, if anybody knows about what it's like to be under pressure, to have the expectations of the home crowd, and also to experience the other side, the euphoria, the joy, because the French crowds are awesome. They're yeah. crazy, and they get behind their, their players so well. So tell me a little bit about your history here, what it was like, and what that feeling is like to play here as a French, For myself, French woman. For myself, I had too much pressure because I wanted you to did. do so well in front of my friends, my family. The rest of the year, you're alone all over the world. And the thing that was I was playing here, I had so much pressure. I couldn't even play one one shot because I had so much pressure. For example, the my last um, Roland Garros, when I, I when I see the draw, I see Serena last first round. I say, oh, oh my god! So. Um, I had a French, he was, um, he's, he's still alive, he, he, he was um, 
um, Argentinian coach. And so the draw was made on, on Friday morning before now, it's on Thursday evening. So from Friday morning when I see the draw, he say, okay, Sarah, I'm gonna coach you and you go I'm gonna learn you to do the drop shot to play Serena Williams. So during <laughs> four days, I practice and I just practice my drop shot, you know? And um, I played on the, on the Suzanne Langland, the, that was the last match of the day. I was so stressful all day. I was staying in my home because I live like few blocks from here and I was washing my window all the day oh because <laughs> I had to, to move the stress <laughs> off, you know. And this it was great. a good experience, but I, I, I felt always too much pressure. Well, you it took a set, that, so the drop shot must have paid yeah, off that a little was bit. I, I took the tie break, ah. so the sun was going down. And it was like at 8, 8.30 and I was watching the umpire say, could, could we stop? Can we play tomorrow the last <laughs> round, you know? And he moved to Serena and they say, okay, no, I want to finish the match, you know. Yeah. She has like more power than me, of course, but that was a funny, funny story. But my, my, <laughs> my memories with Roland Garros is not like, it's always a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's sadness for me. Yeah, it's tough. It's yeah, tough, right? Yeah, everybody. It was easier to play in Wimbledon at the U.S. Open, even on, on the main, on the center court. I played Martina Ingis on the center court at yeah. the U.S. Open. I played uh, there was Venice on the court one in Wimbledon, but I didn't feel the same you pressure. Didn't feel the same, yeah. You, no. you, uh, you had a couple of runs to the third round at Wimbledon. You like the grass, or yeah, or is it that I'm you I'm like Wimbledon? I'm, I'm, I'm short, you know, so it's more easier to yeah. <laughs> to bend my knee than <laughs> some well, other player, you know. Well and before the the grass was really the, the um, they changed the grass. They did. That's getting. I mean, the, uh, the ball um, is higher than, than 15 years ago, you know, so I, I had a good advantage at this stage. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's see. Um, do you believe, Serena, that y you're talking about playing her in 2001. Mm. 18 she years later, she's here. <laughs> yeah. She just got off the court, won her second round. She very well could win this whole event. What is, I mean, what is up with this woman? Do, what, do you believe this? Did she's, you ever think? She's, um, she's unique because <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I did a lot of commentating, so when I stopped my career, I didn't have so much affection for Serena Williams because I was the feeling that she's doing, she's doing too much on the court. She, that was too much show, you know? She didn't respect the, um, the opponent. But it was two weeks ago, I saw the Netflix movie on Serena on oh her really? title 2015 in Roland Garros. Yeah. So that was, um, that was, um, the matches and what how she live around this title in Roland Garros, and I changed totally my view, my point of view of Serena. I discover a person that I couldn't imagine. She's like mm -hmm. really sensible. Yep. She need her family, but it's unbelievable uh, how she need her family around her. She 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 take the power on her family, and she's just an unbelievable fighter. That's crazy. Um, Let's talk about this place. This is my first time here. It's is that your first time? It's my first time here. So I don't know what it was like before. I know that now we've got this all the way in the Far East. We've got Court Simon Mathieu. Mm. It's the most beautiful tennis court I think I've ever seen in, in terms of setting. So tell me how this place has evolved over the last 20 years. And uh, it's taken some really nice steps. When you say, because some, sometimes they don't always, or tournaments, big events, they don't always make the right moves. But it looks like Paris has, and Roland Garros has a really nice vision for this. Um, first of all, the French Federation took a very difficult decision five years ago. Stay here or move away, 
like um, around around Paris, not in the center of Paris, to have like more space and mm -hmm. to fight with the number of court and the space compared to the other Grand Chelem. And they stay here. And um, that was a difficult choice because you know that it, it couldn't be bigger now because you have flat, flat around, you have the Bois de Boulogne, so nothing is can, can, can be built in the Bois de Boulogne. Right. So they think that we're going to keep long hours as the um, a kind of the French patrimoine, you know, and, and so they, 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 they rebuilt Roland Garros with modernity and tradition. And I mean, we were a little bit um, not scared, but um, we were, um, how can I say that in, in English? Um, um, I don't find my word, but anyway, um, when I see the, this new Roland Garros, I'm very proud. Right. What what they what they did and how they keep the tradition yeah. you here. You were worried. You were yeah, worried. Yeah, uh, yeah. I w we, w I mean, all the tennis family was very worried because right. we thought that the French Federation didn't take the good decision okay. because we need money. We need to sell the tournament. Yeah. I mean, Roland Garros is a brand. So yeah. It's not the French Open. That's Roland Garros. The even the clay is a brand. The color of the clay is a brand. So we were really worried because it's a. Shit, they didn't took the they didn't take the, the good decision. And now when we, when we see that, I mean it's just wonderful. But it anyway, is. we're still a little bit stuck <laughs> between each court, but that's it's better. That's really better. Because before, like year before or during when I was playing, you could wait like twenty, thirty minutes before just step on the na next court. Wow. So I mean in the people who speak like more than one hundred tickets, I said but you you're crazy just to, to buy a ticket to this price to maybe watch f four, yeah. five years, of five hours of tennis. That's all. And, and, and you, can, you can just see one or two courts, you know, because you, you, you lose too much time between, I mean, moving on, on, on each court. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really proud of what they did. Yeah. Really, really. I mean, this kind of tradition. I don't know if you feel it, but there's oh, something I special. I feel it walking through the, through the orangerie and, uh, and over to that court. That's crazy. This court, Simon Mathieu, it's like... It's, it's a dream. It's a dream. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it is. A, and, and I think it's going to change a lot next year, right? And you must know about this. Mm -hmm. the, the court number one is going to be gone. Yeah. And the place will be uh, Jardin des de Mousquetaires. So, mm -hmm. so it's going to be a big park. And I'll we miss have that a story. Court. We have a story with the Mousquetaires. Right, the, of course. That's, that's a huge um, tradition with right. that in France. So just to keep that, it's that's nice, wonderful. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm f what the do you think about bet. the fact that there'll be one less show court, though? Mm -hmm. So I guess it'll... I don't know. I guess court 14 mm -hmm. will be more important out there on the west side, right? Yeah, but the court 14 is perfect it for is the French nice because when you watch on the on the center court, the Philippe on the center court and Suzanne Langen, most most of the day that's pretty empty. Yeah. Right. This, that's not full. So for a French, just to play on the court 14, you sure that's going to be packed. Yeah. You right, sure right, that right. th you're going to have so much ambience like Davis Cup? I mean, the old Davis Cup. Yeah. But <laughs> what you know what? When be. you watch, when you're playing at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, the half of the of the Ch Philippe Chatrier or the Suzanne Langlais are empty. The, it was it was full when Federer played his first round. That's all. Right. But until now, it's not full. It's gonna be full for the for the final, oh the two yeah. finals. <laughs> but that's oh yeah, well. I mean, for French, really, the 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 
the annexed court, that's better. But that's you. You'd that's want, better you'd wanna, to make annexed. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice that's one. my favorite court. Gets it's going to be a court. Um, there was the four and the five. It's going to be more more or less the same as the 14, just at the Amo over there. Ah, the two, nouveau so there two new courts are going to be built over oh, there. Well that makes sense then. Okay, mm -hmm. good. I was wondering what was going to happen. Okay, so so um, let me let me look at something. I want I want you to like play a little play along with me a little bit and tell me about these people that you've you've faced in the past. Justine Enna. What, mm. what comes to mind when you think of facing her or just that her as a That was an example, so much example, because yeah, she was not so tall and she feel the tennis. She have a wonderful eye. She could feel what's happening and the, and the back end. I mean, it's crazy how she could have a so beautiful back end. A true legend on the clay. Yeah. Shame she never won Wimbledon. I wanted no, that. No, yeah. I wanted that for her. Mm -mm. Monica Sellis. What was it like facing her? That was my second, no, my first Roland Garros. You faced her here? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I faced Monica Celeste here. And um, she... It was, it she, was late, she, late she, in her career? No, I played her just once, I think. Mm -hmm. um, she's... Um, she, 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 she transformed the tennis. Because we were playing pretty far from the baseline during right. my time. And that was the first player who was playing the two feet on the line. So the first matches we were like, we couldn't play because oh the ball God. was what getting faster, you know. And that after that, all the player moved the, the way I was she's playing. So we improve a lot when Monica Celeste arrive on the tour. We did the same with Serena and Venus. Yeah. These two players, Martina Engis, Monica Celeste, and the William sister, right. they help the, the women's tour to improve because the player has to improve to, 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 to try to, to match try. them. Exactly, to exactly. Try. I was going to get to Martina Hengis. Tell me more. Martina Hengis, I played her when she was 14. <laughs> I was, was 18 at the juniors. Oh, at wow. the juniors. I was not so bad in the juniors, but she was like 14. I took two and two. Thank you. One hour. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't understand anything. <laughs> Everything was going didn't too understand. fast. <laughs> yeah, she was like, that was a chess. That was chess match. She yeah. was playing on each each side of the court and I was like running everywhere and I said but oh my god I couldn't cover the court and after Martina Engis I tried to move my my feet how she how she was doing that was really? my example with my coach because you know when we were playing we were crossing for the back end and she never crossed a leg when she's playing really she's always in front of the net huh. that's in and she and, and she improved as well the, the woman player to move d the woman player to move differently and to go faster on the ball and closer of the ball close off the yeah. angles right did you ever talk to her and say hey Martina what's yes. what's up with your footwork can you show me <laughs> or would that not no, happen no I just I just see the tapes just because this it. time yeah. I had tapes it was not YouTube right so I just watching the tapes and that's try to do the same that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah. I know you snagged the win off of Amelie Moresmo that must have been fun um, Amelie Moresmo, I have a different story with her because she was the number one and I had the chance to beat her at the Coubertin, that was the French Open in winter. And uh, she didn't accept so much that I beat her because I was losing like 6-4, 5-0 in the second oh, set. No and, and I did like a miracle that happened sometimes. Ah, good. And we had always like a pretty difficult relation. Mm, yeah. But I have... Um, um, not that I love her, but I respect her so much yeah. because she's so clever and um, she's really humble, humble athlete. Yeah, she certainly is. And nice to see her coaching Luca Pui. 
Yeah. You think uh, maybe she'll take him up to a little closer to the top? I hope so, right? Yeah, I think that the right person. Because when uh, Luca pulls top with his coach, he has he needs someone to to show him the way how to be better. And it's always better when you have a player who, who was number one in front of you. That's kind of example. So they f they're talking the same word. Yeah. They, it's, it's an example they're for Luca Pui. Yeah. Talking about the top. Yeah. The top. Mary Pierce. Mary, it's um, Mary. That's a wonderful story. I'm very. Um, I'm. I'm um, um, I'm very happy for her that she found um, a life that she feel pretty well because um, she suffered so much to play tennis. It was not her choice. It wasn't her choice, really. Mm. And um, I'm really happy to see her now and talk to her and, um, and, uh, and see that she feels just comfortable in her life. I'm pretty sad that she didn't get some baby uh, but she chose the religion, and um, she living in in uh, Mauritia Island. Really, you know, and yeah. and um, and she gave all the money to um, to Orthodox um, Church. I didn't know this. You don't know that. No. And um, and she living over there, but and um, she 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 meet the religion when she was not feeling pretty well, and she won. She, we had a, she, um, she, she thanks. As Michael Chan did, she thanks God when she win here. So she discovered joy, uh, God, and uh, and since then we feel uh, like more peaceful, because uh, I think it was a very hard life with her mother, with the the, the her father, because her, f her father sold all the thing that he had, and she had to to earn money for all the family all her life. So. It was a kind of pressure. Di I don't think so that she played tennis for fun. Yeah, because she had to do that. As I guess he has like different story You're in right. the tennis, yeah. you Similarities. know. Yeah. I, I, thank, I didn't know that. Thank you for enlightening me. And I'm going to let you go very soon. But last thing, we, we're still here in the early rounds, week one, Roland Garros. We're talking a lot about French tennis. We still have some exciting players in the mix for you guys. Nicolas Mao, mm -hmm. Benoit Paire, Monfils is still in the mix. Corentin Moutet. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, so what do you think? You think anybody can... What player is exciting you the most right now? But that's Monfils because it's just crazy. I mean, he has so much talent. He but does. That's it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. She has a, a physical, like, he's the, the... I mean, he's the bigger athlete, more than Nadal because he's more flexible than Nadal. Right. And he can, he, he can have the power from his flexibility. That's... But he's just crazy in his head. Didn't you, you think he was going to be the guy to, to be the next since Yannick Noah and th to do it? I mean, I, th I, I thought. I think I th my my think that it's a little bit too late. Yeah, I think it is. But I think it 10 it years ago, I would have yeah, guessed but maybe. I, I mean, this, the, re the, the generation where he played, I mean, Nadal, Federer, I mean. Unfortunate. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it's just Del Potro, Vavrinka, who else? Silic, who could like get one or two um, Grand Slam, but yeah. the generation is just like crazy. And if Novak, who I know you a like, and you're Novak, a big fan of. Of course Novak, of yes. course Novak. That, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but anytime, I, you know, to be honest, yesterday I watched a, a video of Monfils hitting a backhand jumping about three feet in the air. I watched it over and over. I just, I mean, I was mesmerized. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's a magician on the yeah, court. So he's a magician, yeah. really. 
And, and I must say, a lot of the French players do not having the success that you wanted, as you talked about at the beginning, mm -hmm. but very creative, very, very artistic style of tennis yeah. from all the players. So there's that, and <laughs> they, we love it. They, 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 okay, they are artistic, but <laughs> we're still <laughs> waiting for a big title. Yeah. Anyway, we won like Fed Cup, we won some Davis Cup, oh and yeah. the Davis Cup in France, um, it's a, it's. The, the, the French public is so proud. Yeah. We have a, we have the story with the, um, the Davis Cup, so yep. that cover the the missing of the Grand Slam. Yeah. Except everybody's pissed about it now, but that's a story for another oh, interview. Pfft. That's a story for another yeah. interview. Sarah Pikowski, thanks for talking to Thank me. You, I really Chris. appreciate it. I hope we can chat again soon. And thanks for telling me uh, a lot about Roland Garros. <laughs> Thank that you I didn't so know. much. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much to Sarah Pikowski for joining us this edition of the Lucky Let Court Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express is a wrap. All we got in front of us now is day eight of Roland Garros. Round of 16 begins on the bottom half of both draws. Can't wait to be a part of it. Going to get moving right now and start prepping. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Wanted to let you know before I go that you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Just open your app. Type in Lucky Let Cord Podcast, and voila, it's there. You can also find us on our podcast homepage at Podomatic. Find us on Spotify, Google Play. And don't forget, you can find Tennis Now on the web, www.tennisnow.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash tennisnow. And, of course, on Twitter at tennis underscore now. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy day eight of Roland Garros. We'll see you next time.